Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Curtis Guzman, who is a contributing writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and we're going to get you ready for week two of the fantasy season. We're going to give you everything you need to get ready for your game this week. We're going to talk about some hot and cold starts, some sleeper plays, some matchups we like, and even some of our waiver wire pickups for this week. But before I get to that interview with Curtis, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Daily Leagues. Yes, we do daily here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and you can sign up at rtsports.com backslash power. That's P-A-U-R. rtsports.com backslash power, P-A-U-R, and click on the daily link. We have all sorts of price points, and it is a very user-friendly system, so go to rtsports.com backslash power and sign up for a daily league today. And now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And now I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis is a contributing writer for the site, and he's been on the show before. And Curtis, thanks again for joining us today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So I'm just going to jump right into it. We're going to get you ready for week two of the NFL season, but I couldn't uh, pass up talking a little bit about week one. I wanted to get your thoughts, Curtis, on what were your biggest fantasy takeaways from week one of the NFL season? Yeah, there were a couple things that stood out to me. Tight ends, for example, Hunter Henry and Tyler Eifert, um, probably you know in that second tier of tight ends. A lot of teams drafted those uh, two players. But Hunter Henry, zero targets in his first game against the Broncos. Um, a little concerning. I kind of view it maybe as kind of a game flow. Watching that game, you saw Denver, uh, obviously with a great pass rush, uh, felt like they were calling a lot of max protections. And that, of course, limits Henry into blocking instead of going on a receiving option. But obviously you want to see him a little more involved. Uh, and then Tyler Eifer only had one target, one catch. Uh, very, uh, very bad game for the Bengals overall. So I don't know if you could take too much stock onto it, but it kind of brings up that question with Eifert. You know, it tends to be touchdown dependent. Can you count on them week to week to uh, get you anywhere from the 6 to 10 point range? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that uh, about Cincinnati. I was a little – that's one of the situations that worries me now from a fantasy perspective is their running back situation. I, I was curious to see how New Orleans and Cincinnati played out that first week of the season, and neither of them uh, answered many questions for fantasy teams. In fact, they probably created more questions because they pretty much split the work between, between three backs, which is just a fantasy fiasco, and – uh, for me, I'm just going to avoid that situation for now until it plays out and becomes a little more clear for me. And I think the other big news was the injury to David Johnson. I wanted to get your thoughts, Curtis, on how you would handle that situation if you were a Johnson owner. Yeah, um, I guess fortunately now I'm not a David Johnson owner in any of my leagues, but uh, was hoping to acquire him. Uh, you know, been out at least. Sounds like two months. Uh, probably be targeting either Kerwin Williams or Chris Johnson, the waiver, obviously, as the main handcuff. Uh, for me personally, I'm kind of leaning on Kerwin Williams a little more. Uh, he's the younger, I think probably more talented back. Uh, Chris Johnson was just re-signed by the Cardinals, so that, that's maybe an eyebrow owner uh, razor for anyone who acquired Kerwin Williams. But uh, I have concerns, you know, Chris Johnson, his age, his size, can he last – you know, the full season being a workhorse back, I think Kurt Williams is probably the main handcuff to own for now. 
And for me with that situation, I just I think it could end up being a New Orleans-Cincinnati situation that I just mentioned with Kerwin-Williams, Andre Ellington, and Chris Johnson all getting work and just creating a bit of a mess. But uh, like you said, I think Williams might be the one I might target, but it's a situation that I think I just might want to avoid for now. I guess if you have to grab one and use them, go ahead and do it. But it is concerning for me uh, to see all those three backs likely to get work that this first game uh, without David Johnson. And kind of a segue into that is waivers this week. So there's a lot of guys out there who had big games last week, a lot of guys that are hot on the waiver wire in many leagues. And some leagues have not run waivers yet. A lot of them have. But if you're going to go out on waivers this week, who are you going to target, Curtis? Yeah, three main names come to mind. Uh, Tariq Owens is probably the most popular waiver ad that I've seen in a lot of our leagues. Uh, five carries for 66 yards and another eight catches for uh, 47 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, looked really good, uh, really explosive. Uh, obviously, a dynamic element to the Bears offense. Uh, now news actually just came out that Howard, uh, Jordan Howard is dealing maybe with a sore, sol- sore shoulder, so he's a little limited. So uh, I don't think that you can uh, – you don't want to get too excited. You can't expect these numbers from Cohen every week, but it seems clear that he's going to be more involved in the offense and uh, you know, it only takes one big run for a touchdown to make him worthwhile. And then another popular ad, uh, a lot of preseason hype was Kenny Galladay, the uh, wide receiver for the Lions. Had a lot of hype in the preseason. I wasn't totally convinced, but he comes out and gets uh, seven targets, four catches for 69 yards, and two touchdowns. So that I mean, week one against a pretty decent Cardinals defense was convincing enough for me to go out and acquire him in a couple of weeks. And he's a big target, you know, six four. Um, you know, him and Ebron can be maybe you know, they're big red zone guys to have. And then another guy who didn't necessarily have a huge week, but with the Danny Woodhead injury in Baltimore. I think Buck Allen, the Ravens running back, uh, looks like he can step into that role a little bit. He did have 21 carries in week one, which is a little surprising, I thought. And the Ravens are known to lean on their running backs heavily in the passing game, so that's kind of a plus in PPR leagues. Yeah, like you, Cohen and Galladay are my two top targets this week. Uh, I'm not totally off the Jordan Howard bandwagon just yet. I know he's banged up a little bit this week, but he got a ton of carries last week. And I'm just not sure Cohen, who's five foot six is set up to be a three-down back just yet. I think he'll get his weekly touches in the 10 to 15 range, but I'm not sure he is going to be a work hard, workhorse starter. So I wouldn't get too high on him just yet. I do love his uh, upside, though, going forward. And I love Galladay. I liked him in the preseason. I liked him before the season started. Got him on a couple of my teams, and I was very encouraged by his play that first weekend. I'll throw a couple quarterbacks at you that, I would look at on waivers is Alex Smith and Sam Bradford. Both guys are out there in a lot of leagues. Both guys look great in the opener. Uh, their offenses look much better. Uh, their offensive lines look better, and the passing game targets for both Smith and Bradford looked impressive to me in week one, and I think they're going to carry some fantasy value going forward. So now let's move into week two, Curtis. So week two matchups. A lot of games on the slate this week. We have a full slate with uh, the Florida team's playing this week. So who do you? what kind of matchups are you intrigued by for, from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, some of my matchups I'm kind of eyeing are just bounce-back performances. So, for example, Drew Brees uh, obviously struggled a little bit there against the Vikings 
was under pressure a lot. But I think he could have a good bounce-back week, you know, home opener against the Patriots. We saw what the Chiefs did to the Patriots. I think the Saints have a similar type of offense with uh, a lot of different running backs and receivers that can stretch the field. So uh, Dante Hightower, the Patriots defensive lineman out, that really hurts the Patriots' pass rush. And I think the Patriots as a whole, their their strength of the defense is on the outside with their cornerbacks. So Drew Brees, you know, with the running backs that they have and Kobe Fleener, I like Kobe Fleener as well. I think both of them can maybe have a big day attacking the middle of that Patriots defense. Uh, Julio Jones against the Packers. A little quiet in week one. Only had four catches for 66 yards. Uh, Packers defense looked really good uh, against the Seahawks at home. But uh, traveling to the Falcons in Atlanta now in that home opener, brand new stadium, I think it's going to be a little different. I think Matt Ryan and company should uh, kind of figure out stuff a little more and Falcons have a lot better line than the Seahawks, so I expect Matt Ryan to have more protection in there for have more time to find Julio downfield. Then lastly, um, Carson Palmer against Indianapolis. Uh, obviously, he really struggled against Detroit, and that's concerning, but for any owners who have him as their sole quarterback, I wouldn't panic just yet. It was obviously a great rebound game. Uh, Colts defense looked very bad against the Rams, allowed 46 points. Even though the Rams defense has improved, I don't think they've improved that much. So I think Carson Palmer can hopefully get it back together and on track, you know, even with David Johnson being out. Uh, so hopefully find a way against a bad Colts defense. So a couple games I'm going to target this week. You just mentioned one is New England at New Orleans. I think that's going to be a very high-scoring game. So I would get all fantasy players involved that you have on those teams. I think Tom Brady is going to be upset with his performance in Week 1. And he's going to take it out on the Saints. So I think that's going to be a very high-scoring game. I expect a lot of fantasy points on both sides. And another one that I like is Philadelphia at Kansas City. Uh, Philadelphia's defense looked pretty good in Week 1, but they're still not a huge strength of that team. And the same for Kansas City. I think this could be a high-scoring game. Carson Wentz looked great in the opener against Washington. So I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points in this game as well. So those are two games that I'm going to target from a fantasy perspective. And you mentioned, Curtis, some hot starts you have uh, for this week which, with my last question. Anybody else you have in mind for a, you think, a must-play that's going to have a big fantasy day? Uh, yeah, you can touch on it with Sam Bradford uh, being maybe a popular way rad for quarterbacks. And I think going along those same lines as the Vikings wide receivers, uh, Stephon Diggs probably owned in a lot of leagues, but uh, Adam Thielen a little maybe under the radar for certain leagues. And uh, Thielen, you know, just had a New three-year contract, uh, nine catches for 157 yards against the Saints, so pretty big day. Uh, I think with the protection that Sam Bradford has and him being year two in that offense, I think he'll be in sync with both Thiel and Diggs, so I like those two receivers going forward. Uh, Matthew Stafford against the Cardinals looked really strong, four passing touchdowns. Um, you got Bolin Tate, Kenny Galladay, and Amir Abdul and Theoretic in the backfield at Pretty decent matchup, especially against the Giants going into Week 2. Uh, don't know if there's a lot that we need to talk about with Kareem Hunt. Probably the most popular waiver ad if you drafted early and certainly rose up draft boards if you drafted later on after the Spencer Ware injury. Uh, but certainly imagine him to keep uh, the momentum going. And then Leonard Fournette uh, was curious to see what his uh, debut would look like. 26 rushes for 100 yards. He also got three catches, which was a plus because I think there were some questions coming in about his receiving capabilities. So, um, Jags look like they have a strong commitment to a run game. 
they don't want Bortles to decide the games for them. So, you know, with the loss of Allen Robinson out for the year now, that probably only strengthens their commitment to that run game and getting Fournette a lot of touches. I'll give you a couple running backs for my hot starts this week. First off, I'll start with Ty Montgomery. Uh, he plays the Falcons, who allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs last week. I was encouraged by Montgomery in the opener because he got the goal line work. He got carries around the goal line, and Jamal Williams barely saw the field. So Montgomery got most of most all of the work at running back for Green Bay. So I think that's a great sign for him going forward. And my other hot play at running back is Marshawn Lynch. He was just okay in the opener, didn't do uh, a ton, didn't have a huge fantasy day, but he plays the Jets this week. The Jets allowed a ton of rushing yards to Buffalo last week. They actually allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running backs, and I think Lynch is going to be big in this game. So we talked about hot plays. How about a couple, couple sleepers for this week, Curtis? You got anybody out there that you think is uh, under the radar, radar that could help fantasy teams? Yeah, I got a couple uh People I'd put on my watch list or maybe added in some deeper leagues. I don't think these players are someone you consider starting right away, but someone you can maybe stash on your bench and, and see how they do within the next couple of weeks. Uh, running back Marlon Mack for the Colts. Uh, I know the Colts' offensive performance as a whole was, was pretty bad, but uh, they need playmakers. Marlon Mack did show some flashes, and I think as you know, they continue to go without Andrew Luck, they're going to look to get short yardage uh, plays, Marlon Mack, you know, could do uh, outlet for Scott Tazine or Jacoby Brissett, whoever starts coming up next week. And then I think, honestly, his role will continue to grow. You know, Frank Gore's obviously up there in age and doesn't show a lot of explosion. I think Mack can be kind of a big play guy. Uh, like Cooper Cup, the Rams wide receiver, uh, again, he was kind of a guy who had a lot of preseason hype. Uh, looked good. Uh, had the most targets on the team, uh, four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Can't expect touchdowns all the time considering his size, and it was a little fluky this game. Rams going up against a very bad Colts defense, but I think he could be a good guy underneath, good chain mover, kind of like a Julian Edelman type role. And then I like Zach Miller uh, potentially going forward. Uh, Bears unfortunately suffered some pretty bad losses on the receiving court with uh, Kevin White and Cameron Meredith, so I have to throw the ball to someone. And Zach Miller, he split out wide, got a lot of offensive snaps. I think he can be. Uh, good outlet for uh, Mike Lennon going forward. Uh, I actually had Miller on my sleeper list this week in my article on our site, so he's one of my sleepers. And another one I have is Chris Carson, who was the most impressive Seattle back last week, which isn't saying much, but he was the most impressive back. I know Thomas Rawls could return this week and likely will start, but I think Carson's going to be in the mix to get some carries, so he's worth a look at, at a as a flex play against the 49ers who had who allowed the six most fantasy points to running backs last weekend. They were dreadful against the run last year, so I think Carson could do some damage in this game. And another one, I'm kind of thinking outside the box a little bit here. I'm going to say Jay Cutler's a sleeper. He plays the Chargers. They allowed three touchdowns last week to Trevor Simeon. I know the Chargers have a great pass rush, but their secondary is not the best. So I think Cutler, he'll come out this first week and uh, try to have something to prove. So if you're really looking for options, I would think about going with Cutler this week. And on the flip side, how about some guys you're avoiding this week, Curtis? Anybody that you just don't want to put in your lineups? So I had to keep big on the Colts. Uh, I'm actually a Colts fan myself, but just seeing that offense, how they operated, whether it's Scott Tosin or Jacoby Brissett, I'm not convinced that any of their offensive players will get going without luck, even with Marlon Mack. You know, I talk about him, but only as a stash player right now. 
Uh, tell what returns I'm avoiding Frank Gore and T.Y. Hilton. If you have tight end Jack Doyle, Doyle, I'd probably avoid him as well. So, uh, looks clearly the cod kind of gets that offense going without him kind of staying away. Uh, Dak Prescott had a nice game last week, uh, 268 yards and a touchdown. But they go on the road to Denver. Saw Rivers kind of struggle there, not under 200 yards passing. I worry about you know, Dak Prescott being on the younger side. The Denver uh, crowd was definitely getting into the Chargers last week, and you expect them to probably lean heavily on the run game with Elliott uh, in the backfield right now. And it's the strength of the Dallas Cowboys with their offensive line, and it's probably the weakness of the Broncos D. So I don't you know, don't see Dak throwing a lot of until uh, rely heavily on the run game. Carson Wentz, kind of same situation, tough road game at Kansas City. Uh, he looked good last week, over 300 yards, two touchdowns, but we saw what obviously what uh, the Braves struggles against Kansas City, under 50% of his passes completed, zero touchdowns. And so you know, Chiefs home opener, another great stadium, tough stadium for away teams. I expect Carson Wentz to maybe struggle as well, especially against that Chiefs pass rush. And you know, you mentioned Cutler, which I'm intrigued by because I'm a little hesitant. I got Jarvis Landry in a couple teams. I uh, just worried maybe with the week off, uh, the unexpected week off with the hurricane and Cutler being a new quarterback. I wonder how the chemistry is going to work. Now, if you don't have a lot of great options, then Jarvis Landry is probably not a terrible option to put in there. But I'm, I guess I'm more curious than anything to see how that works out the first week. Yeah, I was really anxious to see him play last week. I just want to see how he works with Devontae Parker because they seem to have some chemistry. Landry, he did lack some chemistry with a little bit in the preseason, but he really liked uh, going to Parker, and I think that could be a good connection going forward. And I'll give you a couple guys, too, that I'm going to avoid this week. One of them is Terrence West. He played well last week, but he didn't catch a pass in that game, which is an obvious concern in PPR formats. And now he gets a Browns team that completely shut down Le'Veon Bell last week. I know the Browns' defense doesn't have a great reputation, but it, it looks a lot better than it has in recent years, and I think they could give West problems. If the Browns can shut down Bell, I think they can really bottle up West as well. And another guy I'm looking to avoid is Isaiah Crowell. He had 17 carries last week. That was the great news. The bad news is he ran for just 33 yards. And now he gets a Ravens defense that looked very good in the opener. They allowed just 77 rushing yards last week, and I think they'll do a good job of shutting down Crowell again. And, and he's another guy that did not catch a lot of passes in the opener. And he might not be using that role much with Duke Johnson getting a lot of the work as the third down back for the Browns. So, Curtis, that's it for this week. I really appreciate it. I think we got everybody ready for their week two games. And we will have to definitely do this again coming up in the near future. Thanks a lot for being on with me. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Curtis. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for being a guest on today's show. But before I let you go, I wanted to mention that we do offer fantasy basketball leagues for the coming season. And basketball is just around the corner, so sign up for a league today. If you want to do that, go to rtsports.com backslash power, that's P-A-U-R, and click on the basketball link at the top of the page. We offer three different types of basketball leagues. We have a franchise fantasy basketball league, which is a roto-style league. And we also have Slam Dunk, which is head-to-head, and then Draft Masters, which is just draft your team and let it play out. And we have different price points on all three of these leagues. So sign up for a fantasy basketball league today at rtsports.com backslash power, P-A-U-R. 
This has been Jeff Power for Real Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day. 